I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 23. And then after that, we're going to Isaiah 55. So if you could mark those two spots. Proverbs 23 and then Isaiah 55. I know I've said it before. I'm so glad. I'm very thankful that I never have the, the pressure upon my life as a pastor or minister to have to make up something to say. Because it would be overwhelming ministering regularly every week, every week, multiple times. Uh, and sometimes the devil's trying to strike my heart and make me afraid. You know, you're going you're gonna to run out of stuff to say, you know, after, week after week. But we, it, we never are, okay, because the Lord is so wonderful and, and we're searching him out. We're, look, we're searching the Lord, he's revealing himself to us. And we go to his word, and it's like a treasure. And we just open it up. I don't have the pressure to tell you or myself something I've never heard before and just blows our minds. We need to lift up Jesus Christ. He said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Paul told Timothy right before he was martyred for the Lord, he says, preach the word. And so we just want to stay in that. And for any of you, and many of you do, minister the word, whether it's to the children and nursing homes, foxies, wherever it is. We don't have any pressure upon us to come up for something this Friday for the youth that they've never heard before. We need to lift up Jesus Christ and let Him draw all men unto Himself. Amen? He will do that. So I want you to read with me in Proverbs 23, just one verse. Verse 23. Solomon says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. And I want, we're going to talk about this this morning. God's Word says here that we're to buy the truth. That word buy means to purchase and to possess. It means purchase and possess. It's not something we buy and we throw it out in the streets. It's we buy it, we purchase it, and we possess the truth. Okay, the truth. Now let's look at Isaiah 55 real quickly, starting in verse 1. Isaiah 55, 1-4 through Ho, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Only Christ will satisfy. Amen? This is what we're to come to buy and purchase and possess. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander of the people. We're just going to stop right there. But, you know, it's, it's interesting when the Word of God says that we're to buy the truth. I don't know that I ever really remembered reading that, but I've been reading through Proverbs. And it says, by the truth in Proverbs 23, and Christ is the truth. That is the one, the Son of God, the Son of God and the Son of Man. The truth is Jesus. And the truth is in Jesus. I just want to read this Scripture if you're taking notes, Ephesians 4, 20 and 21. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So Christ is the truth and the truth is in him. 
Truth is not just this mystical thing that what's true for you is true for you, but it may not be true for someone else. The truth is the truth. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just factual truth like scientific truth or mathematical truth or historical truth even. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says if we've learned Him, we know that the truth and been taught by Him in Ephesians is the truth is in Christ. He is the truth and He is like the container or the dispenser or the source or the fountainhead of truth. And the Bible just told us here to buy it and not to, to sell it. How do we buy Christ then? I thought, you know, then the Bible tells us that salvation is a free gift of God. It's not something we earn. Our salvation is by the grace of God. It's a free gift. And I would say amen and amen. That's what the Bible clearly teaches. But I believe we buy the truth in the sense that we, we forsake all else and we cling to Christ. And that is representative of salvation. We don't have Jesus part of Jesus and part of the life we had before. Sometimes we try to find that happy medium and it's, not, it's an unhappy medium. And it's not, it's not a reality. But how do we buy Christ? Salvation is absolutely a free gift by the grace of God. We come un, unmerited, undeserving. We come and receive all of the Lord as we turn to Him and believe in the Lord. But the Bible describes Jesus Himself in some of the parables. He says the kingdom of heaven is like. Kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And when he finds that one pearl of great price, he sells all that he may go and buy that one pearl of great price. So he uses the word buy or redeem or have it there. And so that to me is, is the thought. We don't earn anything, but that pearl of great price is Jesus. It's the Lord. He, he supersedes all. He is more valuable than all. Not most. He's more valuable than everything. Everything we, we could accumulate in this life, whether it be honor or riches or power or health or wealth or fame or joy or pleasures or whatever it may be, He supersedes it all. And He is supposed to. He says, come by of Me. We read it in Isaiah. Come by of Me without price and without money. So we're not earning salvation. We're not earning a walk with the Lord. But the sense, the thought to me is here, come and receive it. Come lay hold. The Bible says lay hold on eternal life. We, we possess it. We purchase it. And we possess it. We have Christ. And we have Him alone. The Son of God and the Son of Man. Men, men are to possess Jesus Christ. He is the truth by faith in Him and by faith in His Gospel. And He is to have us. Amen. He is to purchase us, which He did with His own life's blood. There was the real purchasing there when He bought us with His own life's blood that He shed freely and sacrificially on Calvary's cross when He died for man's sins. And so, we are to have Jesus and to have Him only to, to buy and possess. Okay? Purchase and possess. And He is to have us and all of us. Does that make sense? We have all of Him and He has all of us. It's not a halfway deal or 90% deal. And so He, he is to be our Lord. And the, the picture that the Lord gives in His Word, one of the descriptions He gives is that of a wedding, of, of a husband and a wife. That husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. That He might have this peculiar people unto Himself, right? 
purchased unto the Lord. And I know many times I've used that uh, description that the Bible uses for my own life and for others as well. It's just, when, when somebody walks down the aisle of a church at their, on their wedding day, now I'm not saying men always do it perfectly, I'm saying God does it perfectly. And the perfect thought in His mind, let's put it that way, that that woman is saying, I forsake all others and I want to hold and cling to you and be faithful to you and you only all the days of my life. There's other guys out there, other guys that I've known and so forth, but I'm pledging myself to you willingly for the rest of my life. Again, men are imperfect. God's perfect. That's His perfect thought. And the man saying the same, I forsake all others, holding to you only to be my spouse. That is the picture that the Lord gives of a man being saved and walking in a relationship with God. And He is that truth that we are to have and to possess. And I just want to quote this Scripture. Uh, Paul said in, in 2, 2 Timothy chapter 3, This note also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And he gives a description of those perilous times. Okay, Men will be lovers of their own selves. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and, and on and on. He, he talks about in, in that passage. But the word perilous, in the last days, know this, he says, the last days perilous times are going to come. Perilous means hard or difficult. That's what it means. Hard, grievous, or difficult times. We are living in that age. It's not going to get better before the Lord, Lord comes back to rapture us. It's going to get more grievous more perilous, more difficult. And so that is a distinct characteristic of this age and of the days leading up to the return of the Lord. But it says of the, that there will be men, he closes this passage um, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that there will be men and women that consider themselves to be godly and to know God. And others may consider themselves to be that. In other words, they look at this person... They're, they're spiritual. Uh, they consider themselves to be, uh, to be spiritual. They will uh, consider themselves to be godly, to be of God, with God, to be heaven bound. And yet the Bible says in verse 7 of that passage there that they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. She were to buy the truth and possess it. It's Christ. It's a person. It's not a level of spiritual attainment or enlightenment that people think that they have separate from Christ. It's nothing but darkness. No matter what they think they've attained outside of the new birth about, of the blood of Jesus and faith in Jesus Christ, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth is the Lord. There will be men. There was always, there's always been men, but it's a characteristic of the age. That there will be men who claim to know the Lord, claim to speak on His behalf, claim to represent Him, men and women, but the Bible says in reality they will not know Christ. In reality there will be some, it's not every person, there's still the true believers as well. But a characteristic of the end times is that there will be perilous times, and he summarized it by saying they will ever be learning. Maybe they're running to conferences, maybe they're reading the latest book or, or whatever that said in the bookstore uh, about spiritual truth and so forth, and yet they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth. By the truth. 
Buy it and sell it not, the Bible said in Proverbs. I just want to read this scripture. It's Christ. Christ is that truth that we're to have and to hold to. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners. That just means in different times and different ways. God spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these last days, that's our days, since the days of Jesus, okay, on the earth, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. And so, uh, the Lord is that one. And, and He is that truth. And when Jesus was standing before Pilate, and He says, uh, Pilate says, what is truth? Pilate says, what is truth? Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice, Jesus told Pilate. He is the truth. And we hear Him. We hear Him by faith. We hear Him with ears that believe and receive and hold to and cling to and follow after and say, yes, Lord. We hear that way. We hear the truth. We hear the truth from His Word. Sanctify them by Thy truth. Father, Thy Word is truth. He is the truth and the truth is in Christ Jesus. This is what men are to have. In the last days, there will be people that speak as though they know God and will claim to know God, but the Lord says they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They didn't humble themselves before Almighty God. They would say, well, there's different paths to heaven and there are all kinds of different philosophies and religious philosophies and New Age and Scientology and everything else and they're a good person, quote, and all these different things, but they don't really know Christ. There will be men like that characterized in this end age. They're going to be put up and propped up and, and lifted up and propped themselves up and yet they never came to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus Christ. The Bible says you and I are to buy the truth and sell it not. This is what wise men do. This is what the men of God do who come to the Lord and we come to know Him by faith in Jesus Christ. We've had our eyes opened to the Lord and to the spiritual truth that He gives. You know, people, you hear stories, you know, people are going to climb up some mountain in Tibet and want to meet with some guru sitting up on top of the mountain and find out the meaning of life. You know, there's thought. People have always had these thoughts. That's nothing new. But, but the truth is in Christ Jesus. The truth is in Christ Jesus. Not only salvation, forgiveness of sin and freedom from sin and the power of sin, but in a relationship with the Lord where He is revealing Himself to us all the rest of the days of our lives. We don't know Him perfectly now. We know Him. Praise God we know Him. We know Him in salvation knowledge and we're growing in our knowledge, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Peter says. So that's ongoing. And the Bible says when we see Him, that's at the rapture, or when we die and go to heaven, when we see Him, we'll be like Him, for we'll see Him as He, as he is. We, at that time, we will know Him even as we are known of Him. He knows us perfectly. He knows us perfectly. We don't even know ourselves perfectly. We don't know God perfectly. Okay, But the Bible says we will know Him one day as we are known of Him. I'm excited that that's part of my future. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited that that's part of my life. I have that to look forward to, to knowing the Lord better. I'm getting to know Him better and better on this earth, and I want to, and there's, He's revealing Himself by the Holy Spirit. But we're going to know Him one day, even as we're known of Him. And y'all, as we yield to the Lord, 
This is so important. We're just kind of intertwining this with this message. As we yield to the Lord, that's when we come to have a greater revelation of Him. And it's not sitting back with our arms folded and say, well, show me yourself, God. Just do it. What if He says, I've already showed you myself and you haven't obeyed what I've showed you? I'm not going to show you anything else or me anything else. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go. But uh, we're, to, we're to buy the truth. And this is what it said in Proverbs. If you're still there, you can look at it. But it says, buy the truth and sell it not. So there's both sides of that coin. Buy the truth, that means to purchase and possess. It's like my possession. Okay? And sell it not. Don't sell the truth. You, that word sell there, I looked it up in Proverbs. Sell means to surrender, to sell away, to sell into slavery. Surrender, to sell away, to sell into slavery. I don't want to sell it away. I don't want to surrender the truth. Now what could possibly, think about this for a minute, what could possibly lead a, lead a person to sell the truth? To sell it away. To surrender it away. Have you ever heard the saying before? I'm sure you had have that every man has his price. You heard that little phrase of that saying? Movies made about incidences and things like this. Every man has his price. And you know what? A wicked man and the devil, who's our greatest accuser that we talked about in Sunday school, a wicked man wants to find out that price and to get you to fall. They're wicked. They not only do these things, but the Bible says they have pleasure in them that do them. In Romans chapter 1. So they're looking for at Ethan here, and they say, he, he always claims to be a Christian and that. They, want, they, say, they say to themselves, but every man's got a price. And I can get him to go against his convictions and so forth. Uh, they, they say that every man has a price. Every man has a can be bought, basically. Okay, and wicked men want to, to the devil certainly wants to, to. They're wicked. There are people like that. They want you to trip and fall. They take joy and pleasure that you would be miserable in sin like they're miserable in sin. That, that is a reality. But the thought is that every man can be bought. Every man can be bribed, man or woman. Every man can be seduced, can be lured to do something that they otherwise would not do. If the price is high enough, they can be lured into doing something they otherwise would not do or something that they would otherwise consider to be wrong or to be repulsive. That to me is the thought that every man has their price. They believe that. Like I said, a movie's made about it. Famous incidences of it. I just want to read a couple of, of Scriptures. We're talking about buying the truth and not selling it. Just so you know what we're talking about. Uh, scripture says in Proverbs 28, 21, to have respect of persons is not good. For for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. He's talking about respecting, like uh, favoring maybe this person over that person, just for whatever reason. This race over that race, this person over that person. He says to have respect of persons is not good. For for a piece of bread, that man will transgress or sin. He's going he's gonna to sin. He, so he had a price. Job says, it's, the Bible says in Job chapter 2, Satan said and answered the Lord, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Remember he was wanting to 
God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. One who fears God and shuns evil. There's nobody like him. Oh, does God, does Job fear you for nothing? It's because you put a protection around him. I can't get to him and all that he has. And so God says, I'm going to let you go this far and no further. And he takes all that he has, all his possessions. And then he still didn't sin. And Satan goes before the Lord again and says, Yea, he says, but all that a man, skin for skin, all that a man has will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you to thy face. This was the accusation that came against Job. We're going to talk about Job more in a little bit. But you see, there's the, there's the thought about wicked men. Every man's got their price. Could be money, could be power, could be notoriety, could be that they always want to be president, could be all, whatever. The, every man has their price. There was a famous case, and there's many of them, sad to say, in our country. And uh, Aldrich Ames, I just want to read this to you. He became, began working for the CIA during high school and did so until he was discovered to be a Soviet agent in 1994. He specialized in selling the identities of CIA agents placed within the KGB. To the KGB, it says Ames would mark a, a blue postal box, drop box with a piece of chalk whenever he needed to contact the KGB. Uh, the damage caused to U.S. intelligence, it says, can't really be known, but conservative estimate, estimates say that he exposed over 100 of our agents that were secretly and cost their lives, okay, over there uh, in, in, in the Soviet Union and in Russia. He was directly responsible for at least 10 deaths himself, and uh, it says he ex explained the full content of his activities after he was caught. He finally did get caught, get caught as part of a plea bargain where it uh, lessened his wife's sentence because she helped him. But as a result, he was sentenced to, to, to life in prison and he and his wife made uh, $4.6 million, it says, during his espionage. So he had a price, didn't he? Right? He had a price was my point to that. Demas had a price. The Bible says that Demas... Paul said in 2 Timothy that Demas has forsaken me having loved this present, present world. Something in the world that he loved more than the Lord. I don't know that he ever repented or did or didn't. I don't know that. But I know the last that we know about him, he had forsaken the Apostle Paul. And the picture is that he had forsaken the Lord because he loved this present world. Um, most those famous traitor ever, we always think about Benedict Arnold, right? And he's, he's synonymous with traitor. And I know of, I'm not going to tell his name, but I know of a rock and roll star, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And he said, he has said in an interview that he made, made agreement to sell his soul to the devil if he could have that success. And he had the success. As far as I know, he's still having the success in this life. Uh, Joseph's brothers in the Old Testament sold him for 20 pieces of silver. That was the price that they had. For him, the seventy disciples, the Bible says that they uh, they forsook the Lord when when he began to preach certain amount of, of, of truth that got too hard for them. The cost of discipleship was too high for them. They had a price. It says they turned and walked no more with the Lord and didn't follow him anymore. Judas Iscariot, 
who betrayed the Lord, one of his disciples betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, the Lord. Samson betrayed his Nazarite vow that it, what God had given him and placed upon his life and gave to his parents and to him when, before he was born, sold that out for worldly pleasures and lust and carnality. He did repent, praise God. King Saul sold out his walk with the Lord. He had a price. When he was little in his own sight, God established him in a kingdom. And he says, I would have established your kingdom for generations to come. But he got lifted up in pride and to save face before his men and to keep his earthly kingdom, he sold out the Lord, basically. He forsook the Lord. Now, I want to read another example here in the Bible. We're talking about buying the truth and selling it not. Okay? Look with me, if you would, in 2 Kings chapter 5. This is dealing with Elisha and his servant Gehazi. Or Gehazi. 2 Kings chapter 5. So, Elisha has just been used by the Lord to heal Naaman the leper. You know, the Syrian uh, commander who's come over there and heard about this prophet. And Elisha heals him. And the Lord uses him to heal him. And we've got Gehazi's heart is sort of revealed here in chapter 2 Kings 5, verse 15. And he returned to the man of God and all his company and came and stood before him and said, this is Naaman, Behold, now I know there is a God in all the earth, but an it, no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But Elisha says, as the Lord lives with whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So, it, uh, Naaman's so excited that he's been healed of his leprosy. He comes back and he wants to give a reward to the man of God, Elisha. Well, Gehazi, the servant, is kind of standing and witnessing all this. He's watching all this going on. And name, uh, Elisha says, no, I'm not, as God lives, I'm not going to receive a reward for this. God did it. God healed you. Go in peace. Okay? That's it. And so, but Gehazi, look, let's skip down to verse 20. But, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master. So he's speaking to himself. My master had spared Naaman the Syrian and not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running, after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master had sent me. He's lying, okay? My master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophet. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him, and he bound two talents of silver and two bags with the two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bear them before him. We're just going to stop reading there. He had a price, didn't he? And I thought about this. We don't know a lot about this man, Gehazi. But I do know this, that Elijah was a servant, and Elisha was his... I mean, Elijah was the prophet, and Elisha was his servant. Right? Then the Lord calls Elijah in a fiery chariot to go to heaven, and Elisha becomes prophet in his stead. Now, I don't know that Gehazi was ever going to be another prophet. But I will tell you this. He had great benefit to be with the man of God. 
Elisha, the Bible records, did twice as many miracles as Elijah. So Elisha's getting, I mean, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, is getting to wait on him, but that would be a privilege to be a blessing, to be around this presence of God and the Spirit of God and the miracles of God. But he sold that out, whatever. Whether he was going to be a prophet or not is not really even the point. He sold out the truth for two changes of clothes and two talents of silver. And I was thinking about this that, you know, I remember in high school, we have this little phrase, we, we talked to our friends, like, you're a sellout, man, you sold out. Sold out. And, uh, and that would just, more, more of the same, that you're, you're such a sellout means that you betrayed your friends or you betrayed your buddy or you betrayed your teammates on the football team or you betrayed your country, you know, your cell, you betrayed your beliefs, your promises, your morals, your standards, your spouse. People can betray or be a sellout for a price. Even God, people can sell out for a price. Okay? But in fact, I was thinking this as I was studying that scripture about buy the truth and sell it not. Every man does not have a price. That's a lie. You know who does not have a price on their head is the man of God and a woman of God. The world likes to think everybody can be bought. Even the most godly, the most moral, the most faithful, the most they can be bought if the price is high enough. And that's a lie. They cannot be bought. A man of God or a woman of God cannot be bought because they've already been bought. They've been bought by the blood of Jesus. And they can't be bought by anything that this world has to offer them. You can offer whatever you want. I'm not selling the truth. I bought the truth. I possess it. And I'm not selling the truth. This temporal world has nothing to offer to me in comparison. It is the merchant man who found the pearl of good price that he'd been searching for. Now he found it. So everything else is worthless. My search is over. I've found the pearl. I've got the pearl. I'm content. You can think I'm crazy if you want, but I'm content. Okay? A man of God or the woman of God cannot be bought and are not going to be bought for any price because we have been bought and paid for. And in fact, the true child of God that's born again, that man of God has already died and risen again. That man of God has already been crucified with Christ, yet now lives. That's a now. That's not when we get to heaven after the rapture. That's now walking on this earth with our feet on the ground, born again. We've been made to sit together in Christ Jesus in heavenly places spiritually now. And our feet are right here. That man cannot be bought. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? You have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. We have seen the Lord. That man of God or woman of God has seen the Lord and seen the Lord of glory. We cannot be bought. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Buy the truth and sell it not. Job could not be bought. Satan thought for sure he could. He told the Lord two times he can't. Let me get out his children. Let me get out his, his camel and his sheep and all his wealth. He was a very wealthy man. His houses. Let me get it all that. Well, he got it all and killed them all. Killed his servants. They got taken captive or killed. All his animals were killed, which represented all of his wealth. His, his children, to top that off, were killed. Not injured, killed. And Satan still couldn't get at him. He says, I know. Let me get at his flesh and his bones. Let me touch his health or his very physical life. Let me get at that. He'll curse you to your face. 
All that a man has, he'll give in exchange for his life. Okay, Satan, you can go this far, but you have to spare his life. That's a pretty, pretty long chain. You can do this up to sparing his life. And he went after him and he struck his health with these boils on his body and so forth. And he's sitting there in a heap of ashes and ruin. But the Bible says that in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Listen to these two Scriptures. Um, Though He slay me, Job says, yet will I trust Him. But I will maintain my own ways before Him. Everybody cannot be bought. Job was not bought. And Job's no more special superhero than you and I. It's the, all, it's the Lord that keeps us, the man of God that's been bought. But well, we bought the truth and we're hanging on to it. It says, if He slays me, I will trust Him and maintain my own ways before Him. For I know that my Redeemer liveth and He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. He knew a lot for somebody that lived before the Bible was ever written or even the Old Testament was written. I know I have a Redeemer. I know He lives. And I know He's going to stand on the earth in the last days. That's amazing. He knew that by faith. A man of God who walks by faith and has been bought by the Lord. Not saying we're never tempted. Not saying we don't have temptations and trials and struggles. It means we cannot be bought. Every man does not have a price to sell out. Uh, Every man can't be bribed or bought. Every man can't be uh, tempted and, and throw away the Lord and the truth that they have in Christ Jesus. Okay? Not by this world. Not by the God of this world. Not for any price. And I'm closing. I know we haven't, it's maybe not as long uh, as normally, but I'm going to say that Job could not be bought. He didn't sell the truth. And God is just speaking to me, and I believe to our church, that in the days in which we're living, it's so important, y'all, that we not only say I'm a Christian and we are Christians and are saved and we have the truth and we don't have idolatry and we don't have false doctrines, but that we have the Lord and we possess the Lord and don't sell it out. Don't sell out your prayer to life. Don't sell out uh, your, your, uh, your stance against, say, homosexuality or your stance against whatever it may be, a sin in your own life. Don't sell it out to be uh, popular or to be accepted or to get a promotion or to hold it. Hold the truth. Possess it and hold it for any price. Okay? For any price and for every price, don't sell the truth. I'm going to say mom and dad here today, don't sell out the truth. Don't sell it out to get your children some type of worldly success. Don't sell out their attendance to church and Sunday school and being here for some kind of worldly success. Young man or young woman, don't sell out the truth for any price. Old saint of God that's been knowing God and serving God for years, don't sell the truth at this point of of your life. What you know to be true. I know there was a... uh, I forgot who it was. Y'all might might know. But one of the wonderful men of God in, in... days gone by that was a preacher of righteousness and a preacher of truth and preached it his whole life. On his deathbed, one of his friends went to visit him and, and said, are you afraid? He goes, I'm only afraid of one thing. I'm afraid that even he was trembling. Right now at the end, I would be tempted to trust in myself or my good works or how I'd served the, year, the Lord for all these years. That, or even at the very end, it's trusting in Christ and His blood. 
even somebody that died for the Lord or lived for the Lord all their life and, and great, great sacrifice to themselves. Uh, so I would say, old saint, don't sell out the Lord. Weary warrior, somebody that's been fighting with God and a prayer warrior, don't sell out the Lord for any price. Paul said in 2 Timothy, the last book that he wrote before he was martyred, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep all that I've committed unto him against that day. Our strength is in the Lord. To, to, to not sell the truth is in the Lord. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That means faint means to become weary, okay, to give up. And so we're to buy the truth and not to sell it. The strength to do that, y'all. I'm given a charge. It's the Lord given a charge, but the, the strength to do that is from the Lord Himself. If we'll come to Him and receive it. It's the truth is in Christ Jesus. He, he is desiring to give us this strength. And I want to close by reading this passage. Y'all can turn with me in Matthew chapter 4. This is the Lord's temptation in the wilderness. Every man does not have a price. Our Lord did not have a price to which He would sell out to Satan. Read with me in Matthew 4, starting in verse 8. We're not going to read the whole temptation, but after He was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, it was part of the fulfillment of the prophecies and to fulfill righteousness, not because He was a sinner. Immediately the Holy Spirit led Him into the wilderness. He fasted 40 days and nights. He was hungry afterwards. He had been meeting with the Lord, just Him and the Lord. And the angels, uh, the devil comes and says, if, if you're the Son of God, let's pick up, and this is the third time, Third temptation, verse 8, Again the devil taketh him up unto exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. So he's showing him the earth. He's showing him somehow he's able to see all the earthly kingdoms in a moment and the glory of all these. And Satan says, All these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Does every man have a price? Then saith Jesus unto to him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. We might feel like the temptation is so great. Don't sell out the truth. Don't sell out the truth for any price. The temptations are going to ramp up even more. The, the pressure from peers and from the world. Even in the Bible Belt, we're seeing it. The pressure from the world to bow down, to cow down to this world. And, and just, just bend a little here. You're so rigid. You're so this. Don't. Angels came and ministered to the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? He, even in His hum, humanity on the earth, He resisted the temptations and didn't bow down. And he got it all anyway. All those nations and the, the empires of the world and kingdoms are his anyway. Amen? He got them rightfully. He got them the way he should have got them. He got them by fulfilling the Father's will on Calvary and rising again. And he's going to come back again and reign and rule. And the, the Bible says that uh, after this temptation... In Luke, we don't have it here. D, you can come on up. In Luke chapter 4, that Jesus returned. This is after the temptation. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. 
and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. We might be grinded down and beat down and pounded down by temptations and trials and tribulations where we're like Demas and want to forsake the Lord for the world or, or Job, the temptation to just curse God and die. That's what his wife told him. Just curse when he's sitting in the ash heap. Just curse God and die. That's what it came down to. But God will give us the strength. We say no to those things. We trust God. We call out to Him. Lord, give me the strength. Give me the strength. And the Lord, angels came and ministered to Him. And He didn't come down weak and famished. He came down. He returned in the power of the Spirit. And immediately started preaching. And people said, we never heard anybody talk like this man before. He speaks as one having authority. Not like the scribes and Pharisees. Even if he was saying the same words, he spoke with an authority. Why? There was the power of the Holy Ghost. He came down and went in the synagogue and healed a man with a withered hand and cast the demons out of men in the synagogue. He came down in power after the temptation. Okay? By the truth, means have it and possess it, okay? And sell it not. And I just want to encourage you, get at these altars and you know, lay hold on the Lord. Ask Him for strength. Maybe there's some notable temptations in your life right now where you have been tempted to sell the truth or part of the truth or part of what you know to be true or part of your testimony to sell it out. To just smooth things over with somebody at school or somebody at work or with family members that don't know the Lord just to make this compromise. If it's compromise, it's compromise. If it's compromise on things like where we go eat supper, that's fine. If it's compromising on the truth, it's not fine. Whether in your own life or in your testimony or your words, buy the truth and sell it not. And so these altars are open and I just want to encourage you to to get with the Lord, ask Him for that strength that is not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts.